welcome to the Two World Podcast, where you can hear thoughts and reflections on unique intersections between faith and culture. Tune in regularly for this foray into feelings of surprise and interconnectedness and aha moments in life when two worlds come together. Now join your hosts, Barney and Jacob, for this most recent episode. Welcome to another edition of the Two World Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jacob, and I have with me today... I am Barney. And Barney and I have been talking about looking into the recent Mission Sunday that Worcester Mennonite Church did, where we welcomed guest speakers from the Ukraine to share about their experiences of moving to the United States, to hear their reflections on what it had been like as they left the Ukraine how they're feeling currently where, with where the situation is right now in their home country, and also just any broader thoughts or reflections or hopes that they have for the future. And so Barney and I thought it might be interesting to reflect on what they had to share, and hopefully that could speak to some of the themes that we like to explore um, relating to um, intercultural experiences and hospitality and also growing in our understanding of the world and seeking after peacemaking and reconciliation. So just as we're getting started here, Barney, I know that uh, I was able to see them speak, but the video didn't record quite very smoothly. So it was hard to watch online. So I quickly this morning gave you some articles to look at and a little summary of the service. So you're kind of jumping in, but just as we're getting started with the topic, um, I just wanted to ask, do you have any um, initial thoughts when you come to this topic of, of these guest speakers from Ukraine and um, what they had to share for Mission Sunday at Worcester Mennonite? Yeah, I think um, primarily it was it was um, so helpful for me to to see them as I as I did on the um, the recording on online on YouTube and um, and to read a little bit more about their journey um, just as a way to get a sense of what had been happening in their um, in their home in their country um, but you know just before the war started and then afterwards um, here here in Japan they still tend to update what is happening um, fairly regularly, two or three times a week on the news. Um, but I, I, I wonder, um, the news sites that I see in the US, I don't see as much um, information as to like what is happening in Ukraine as opposed to how that is impacting what's happening in the US as much. So, but it's, it's nice to be able to have a sense of um, understanding you know what how how bad it is instead of just seeing um footage from from somewhat far away or or seeing people um for you know just a few um seconds here and there through the news um to have a chance to kind of sit down and hear these people's story and um read more about what happened and especially in ukraine and then the whole journey from there to the us um it really is a good chance to to pause and understand the situation a little bit better and to really have it impact um, um, ourselves and our hearts, I think. And um, learning more about their background and everything, it really, um, I was 
um, really helped to to make the situation a lot more real um, and create some kind of connection for me with that. And I was I was really thankful for that. Thanks for sharing that, Barney. I think that's so true that um, opportunities like this to hear somebody's story from um, another country, particularly when they're fleeing in wartime and, and seeking safety for their family, it's um, it's a heavy thing to hear and it can be sad and, and hard as we um, think about the realities that they've had to face. But at the same time, it's so important to hear this story and let it touch our hearts and, and stir in us um, compassion and, and the desire to work for change and, and to try to help in the ways that we can. And um, I was able to meet Natalia, who um, was the mother in this family that moved to the United States because she has been working at Central Christian for the past year. And she is there um, for the, dr the drop-off and the pickup. Particularly, I would talk with her some after school when I would go to pick up Hannah because she's there making sure that all of the kids are safe and that they're doing well and um, so I've been able to hear a little bit of her story that way. And um, just to hear about um, her heart for her son, Max, who came with her. When she first came, her husband didn't come with her. He stayed behind and was continuing to help with relief efforts, driving um, supplies on a truck to areas of Ukraine where they didn't have access to food. And he would bring bread to people and, and different things like that. And he did that for a number of months before coming. And so when she first arrived, I remember Terry Shu, who works at Central now, but had been a pastor for many years at Kidron Mennonite. I remember him introducing her and saying, yes, she's come, but her husband hasn't come yet. And just that, that wait. And then knowing that finally he arrived and we were, when we were able to invite them to come and speak, um, it was really powerful to hear their whole family speak to their experience. And so um, looking forward to sharing some pictures from that time and hopefully um, an opportunity for us to actually um, explore some of the things that they said. Um, but before I do that, I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, Mission Sunday at Worcester Mennonite and what we were trying to do each year we have two of these mission Sundays, one in the fall and one in the spring. And typically we'll invite a guest speaker from one of our partnering organizations, often um, Mennonite Central Committee or Mennonite Disaster Service. Um, but sometimes it's, it's more local ministries like Open Arms Hispanic Ministry or Camp Luz. But this year we really felt like not just um, hearing the story of, of a partner, um, but hearing a story of, of somebody from a, a place that really needs um, support and needs extra attention from our church and from our community. And so that's why this year we felt it would be so good to hear from Natalia and her husband, Alex, and their son, Max. But um, as you know, like we try as hard as possible in church to show hospitality when guests come. And um, just as we do, as we talk about on our podcast, we try to do as individuals. And so part of that involved um, thinking, what can we offer when our guests come that would be meaningful for people at Worcester Mennonite and might be something that would bless them as well. And so I remembered that in Parma, Ohio, there is a Ukrainian community and 
there is a beautiful U- Ukrainian Catholic cathedral. Um, there are U- Ukrainian restaurants and um, there's a bakery. And so I thought, oh, how interesting would it be to drive up to Parma and to get some Ukrainian food to bring back for Sunday during our fellowship time to have. And so if I can, I just want to start with that part of the journey and then move into the the heavier and 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 more serious part of their story, if that's okay. So, but um, I just want to start here with a picture of this Ukrainian bakery and and store that sells food items. And um, when I drove up, I wasn't sure what to expect. I had never been to this store before, and I didn't really know what to order either. And so when I walked in, I was greeted by the person at the front and I explained to her, oh, you know, we're having this event at our church and we're having guest speakers from the Ukraine. And we wanted to just have a sampling of a variety of foods that would give our congregation a taste of, of Ukrainian food. And what do you recommend for me to take that would be good? And so she took time and brought out different things and showed me and, um, it was really encouraging and, and exciting as, as I just anticipate, oh, bringing these things back for our congregation would be so good. And so I had took a little picture of some of these items that we got here. So on the left, you have a Ukrainian type of kielbasa. And then um, in the front, you have um, on that, just moving from left to right, mm-hmm. that um, it's kind of a sauerkraut, a Ukrainian form of sauerkraut. And then to the right of that, you have the borscht, which is a delicious beet soup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the back row there, in the middle, um, you have a variety of pastries, of different fruits. And then to the far right, you have a Ukrainian form of a crepe that's wrapped mm-hmm. um, around blueberries and cherries. Oh, and wow. so those were some of the foods that were sampled. Um, and it was really rich. And I'll show a picture of that at the end of people enjoying the food. Yeah. But as I drove down the street, I noticed that the... St. Josephat Ukrainian Catholic Cathedral had something very interesting on the front. Mm. And um, as we were thinking about Mission Sunday, I thought, I wonder what is going on there in that mural. And so I did a little research and you see on the bottom of the mural, you have 988 Mm. to 1988. And Mm -hmm. um, as I looked into it more, I realized that uh, this was celebrating the the thousand year anniversary of the baptism of uh, of Vladimir, uh, who is um, the he was a, the ruler in 988 in Rus, which is um, an early kingdom uh, near modern day where Kiev um, would be, and mm-hmm. so it was um, in terms of. Christianity and the spread of Christianity in that region this year in 988, when this leader was baptized, marks this um, huge moment with the opening of the door to uh, missions and and the Christian faith to be present in Ukraine or what was the ancient kingdom of Rus that um, continues into modern day Ukraine and extends out into Russia. And um, so at the very top, you have Jesus's arms extended and then below him, you have Vladimir, um, who was baptized is one of those figures represented. And then as you move down in the center of the graphic, um, I don't know if you see towards the left, there's a hooded figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, opposite of him, there's a person in the middle. And then opposite of, of him is a person with white hair. 
And those are the missionaries, Cyril and Methodius, who were often known as the apostles to the Slavs. And they took the Christian faith all throughout Eastern Europe. And we, and you, you might recognize the name uh, Cyril. Um, that's where we get the term Cyrillic alphabet from that, that, that is in, used in um, a lot of the languages and uh, Slavic languages in um, Eastern Europe. So um, on Mission Sunday, I thought, isn't it appropriate to show this mural of telling the story of the mission uh, to Eastern Europe and Ukraine um, historically, over, over a thousand years mm. old, celebrating the baptism of this one um, leader, but then also the work of these two missionaries. Um, and there's there's more going on in the mural, but I just thought even highlighting that is so interesting. Um, but then as I pulled back and I was looking at the sign outside of the cathedral, I saw a We Stand with Ukraine sign, mm-hmm. which I thought was so interesting because it shows that mission is about the past, as we saw in the mural, like what God mm-hmm. has done then um, and how that we carry that with us. But then it's also about where we are now and the world that we're in and the and the challenges that we're facing at this moment. And so that also felt like appropriate to share on Mission Sunday that um, we stand with Ukraine in a time of, of crisis and suffering and mm-hmm. our prayer and our hearts should be extending to relief and, and reconciliation and, and end and end for, um, to this war and um, healing of the people who have gone through it. Um, and so um, I felt like that was providential that I happened to just drive down the street and see um, these things there and then could share with our church. Um, well, this is part of the story today. It's not just about the mission of the past, which was amazing and important, but it's also about the need for reconciliation and healing now um, in the, in that same region. And so, so um, it was in that light that um, we were able to, after kind of presenting that to the congregation, we were able to welcome our guests and you have a picture here of their family, Natalia, her son, Max, and her son, and her husband, Alex, they are the MRSA family. And um, here they are um, holding some bowls and they have done a number of fundraisers to, to assist people who are still in the Ukraine and they can send funds back along with other resources. And um, I think that these bowls are, are related to some of those fundraising efforts because the Shu family locally in Kidron, um, uh, Terry Shu, Tim Shu, and their broader family have, have done a lot of arts and crafts and making of pottery and things. And so um, these types of things can be um, used and given in the effort to raise funds. And so this is just one of those um, pictures of their family. And so before I go on any further, I want to stop and give you a chance to respond, Barney, with um, things that have been said so far and and see if there's anything that jumps out to you. Yeah, I really appreciate um, that that you were able to do this for um, the, the Mission Sunday instead of, um, I mean, this could easily have been just just um, a wonderful Sunday service on its own, but um, the, the way that everything connects so nicely for Mission Sunday is so great to hear. On, on the one hand, like you say, um, that great mural that, that you found um, on the church that you were driving by and talking about how important it was, um, just 
the the baptism of that one um that one leader and how that started with the spread of of faith and christianity in that area and um that the church itself felt that it was that important that they dedicated such a large space to that event um on the outside um as kind of a witness um itself and um and then i like on the more intimate sense how um when i read more about the family themselves and how um you know i i one one of the articles you shared with me i mentioned how um uh, how natalia and max decided that they needed to to leave um and they had the chance to go to germany and then they had the chance to go to the us and that their um that alex the husband the father was um staying behind to to help um in a humanitarian way to deliver supplies and and i i kept thinking i wonder what it is that he did what did he do how as i was reading through this article how how does he have such an amazing heart for helping people i he he must have been like a social worker or something like that and then you read that he and his wife were um both um attorneys were lawyers in ukraine and seeing seeing his story and seeing that he needed felt he felt this need to allow his family to go first and trust their care to others and their direction to god while he stayed behind and stayed to helped to care for the people um around him who or or even you know in a much broader sense you know he probably was traveling many many uh, quite a distance to help the people that he was helping and so that his, his their story reading hearing their story um we get a sense of of how appropriate it is to hear about them and and what they went through for for mission sunday specifically um especially as as often at at the church at western Manic that um one of maybe our partner that we someone we might hear speaking is connected to Mennonite Central Committee, which um, expressly focuses on on aid and serving ser the um, the aspect of servitude, um, serving others um, around the world. And, um, and then the gesture that came to your mind to bring food to into this um, event, I, I can't think of anything better um, you know, thinking, putting myself in their shoes, uh, how it's the one thing that it's the one thing that you can just never replace, you know, that you can't substitute it. You can't quite make the same thing as much as you try. And then having like the, the authentic, you know, made by another Ukrainian person. I think that must've been just such an amazing gesture. I, th I think they must have been so touched by by that and and to be able to share that also um as a tangible form with the rest of the church um just adds one more layer to it and i i just think that's so wonderful thank you barney i really appreciate that it felt like um such a unique opportunity and i'm so grateful that things came together in that way that we could offer those things um as a sign of of appreciation and hospitality. And it was also interesting, and I'll show a picture of that at the end, how people lingered and seemed to enjoy just the time to talk and to enjoy the food. Um, but maybe we could spend a little bit of time 
listening and reflecting on some of the the quotes and the things that were shared during their um, talk. And so I'm just quickly going to share a picture of our guests. And this was from the actual service. And um, just to explain to those who are watching through YouTube, as you look at the image from left to right, um, you'll see um, Craig Mast, who is, was interviewing our guests, and he and his wife, Krista, who is um, on the other side of the group, all the way to the right, um, they have been in incredibly hospitable to the Mercer family and have been close friends to them since they moved here and have helped them get settled. So they they were uh, wonderful candidates to be up there on the stage with them, interviewing them about their story. So um, there's Craig, and then immediately to his right is Alex, their son. And then in the middle is Natalia. And she also does um, go by the name Natalie too, as she appreciates that, like the American form of mm -hmm. her name. And then to her right is Alex. And then on the end, once again, that's Krista. And so um, just as, as Craig and Krista were introducing their guests, um, they shared that um, they're refugees from the Ukraine due to the Russian invasion. And that's a heavy thing just to say, even of itself. And, and as Craig said in his opening, our friends are from Kiev and the reason that from Kiev and the reason that they're here is because of the Russian invasion of their country. There's no other way to say it. And so um, one of the things that Natalia told me afterwards that is so hard is when you talk about this, it's not like you're looking back and the conflict is resolved. It's still unfolding. And so for, for her and her family to talk about it, they're doing so in a time where there's still a lot of uncertainty and it's heavy. Um, and Craig explained that the conflict has displaced millions of people. Um, 8 million people have been displaced in a country of about 44 million. So that's almost a quarter of heading towards a quarter of the population in Ukraine have been displaced or have gone from their homes. And so that's heavy. Mm. Yeah. One, one out of four people, when you think of it that way, um, I think it really, really makes it easier to, to understand how severe it is when, if you hear something like 8 million out of 44 million or a quarter of, you know, 25% of the people. But when you think that, when you look around and one out of the four people around you would have had to leave their home and the other three are there, but living in incredible distress. And yeah, it is. I, I, I forgot to mention this, but thinking about um, the sign outside of the church, you know, some, sometimes with some churches, it's, it's a step for them to make such of a, political or kind of worldly statement and being, you know, taking that step to expressly plant signs in front of their church that says that they stand with Ukraine. And obviously, as you say, they're, they're praying for and hoping for resolution and for um, reconciliation and for compassion on both sides. Um, but, but to make, you know, to expressly make a statement that, that that church is supporting the people who are, who are, were um, put in the place of, of um, you know, forced into this situation where they're um, being attacked and 
have to decide what to do with with their lives like like the family that we saw at church um you know it it sends such a great message of of hope i'm sure for the community there and in a broader way that that this church especially and, and of course so many other churches many other um organizations are are hoping too for some reconciliation and for some kind of return to um sense of justice in in this um conflict and um yeah it was great to to hear and see what we what i what i was able to have of the um, sunday service and um, i'm thankful for for it being arranged thank you barney yes mm -hmm. it's it is it's a good point uh, that if you just consider the circumstances how um it's so it's so challenging and 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 weighty and um one of the things that craig and krista did is they asked natalia and alex to kind of pull back the curtain or reflect a little mm -hmm. bit on what life was like immediately preceding the war breaking out and um and it was just really striking to hear what they had to say they said that um, that life was very normal they were just doing their work and hobbies and reading and doing sports and socializing with your neighbors. I think Natalia used the phrase, it was nothing special. There was, there was nothing standing out right up until the point where the, in the early hours of the morning, mm. um, the mm. invasion began and you started hearing um, gunfire and bombs dropping and uh, their son, Max was in fifth grade at the time. And, um, they were all um, uh, just reacting as when they started um, hearing these these sounds um, and and realizing the danger was was imminent. Um, they were thinking, "How can we keep our son safe? How what what should we do? We should probably flee the city." And since there was no um, information available, and it, they were mm. they were caught off guard in the early hours of the morning, people just picked a direction because they didn't yes. have any intel. And so they just, they went North or South or whatever route they could take. And they ended up picking mm -hmm. the wrong direction mm -hmm. and fleeing towards um, yeah. where the, the conflict was starting and the, and um, the siege and the invasion was happening. And so um, they, they were able to stay with friends in a city, but it just so happened. It was so close to um, the military action um, that, then they were there was no opportunity for any further movement they just had to bunker down and kind of um, stay in the building where they were um, they were surrounded and they couldn't leave the village for several days due to the bombings and the danger um, and natalia said our streets were bombed and there were four planes helicopters with soldiers and weapons and all these explosions it was so close and we didn't leave for many, for several days. And so that's probably maybe the closest that they were throughout mm -hmm. this whole experience to the action. And, and then when they got their opportunity in their window, they did flee. Um, they stayed in different places, such as hospitals and shelters, and they moved around a lot because there were no empty places to stay. They eventually received an invitation from someone in the U S and decided to move there for safety's sake. Um, and so, um, as we said earlier, Natalia and her son and her 
father-in-law Oleg and her mother-in-law Katya decided to to come as refugees, but her husband Alex remained in Ukraine to drive um, trucks of supplies around the country to places that needed them. Um, but when Natalia came, she came on a tourist visa because it's you know it's hard the the refugee status and the immigration process is complicated and the easiest entry point for her was to come on a tourist visa but that meant that there was a lengthy process of transitioning and getting all of her documents necessary to um, be able to establish life here with the ability to work the ability to rent a, a home for her family and so um, she said in that period she literally started knocking on doors. She said, yeah. I was desperate. I was just knocking on doors and eventually one opened for us. And so um, it seems like uh, that not only the experience of, of leaving your home in a, in a time of war, but then experience of going to a new country and then not knowing how it's going to work out and just seeking whatever you can find for your family. It must've been, um, it must've been so hard. Um, so I'm going to stop there for a minute and just ask, or is, is there anything that jumps out to you from this part of the story, Barney, that you might like to comment on? Yeah. When, when I hear about what they went through, um, it reminds me of my time here in Japan, um, after the very big earthquake that we had, um, in 2013 or 2011. And, um, that was in the north and that was such a strong earthquake and um we too we had time here where um power was was inconsistent and and especially when the grocery stores were um empty of food which you never expected and um we were unsure what was happening with the nuclear power plant um not so far away and there was a lot of uncertainty and um Life was really tough here, um, in, in in a way. But and and I and then I saw people closer um, to where the earthquake and in the area where the earthquake had happened and the situation that they were living in. And so I can I can kind of really think of what it must have been like for them in the shelters, in the hospitals, and in the other areas. And um, you know, being with the people around them and all the uncertainty and, um, you know, just staying in the same clothes or having clothes that um, maybe aren't appropriate for the weather, um, Just, but they're the only thing that's available. And, um, you know, just, I know that it's something that, that they, they're probably in, in the place where it's something that they, Feel that they need to remember but it's something that they don't want to remember either especially as you say that the um, conflict is still going on and and there's still so much uncertainty of of how what will happen and and i know too that as it shows in in the husband's um decision to stay behind and help that that there's still they still must be sp spending so much time and and energy thinking about the people who are still there that they wanted to help more. And um, so I, I know that they count themselves so, so blessed and so fortunate that they were able to have a chance to get themselves and part of their family 
here to the U.S. And and I know on the other hand that they're just still thinking about the people who are still in the Ukraine. And um, and again, as 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 we found out that that they're both attorneys and they're so well qualified um, to do a number of of you know a lot of what we would think is really important work here, um, they had to start off you know with volunteering or um, you know kind of having some some jobs that they're essentially overqualified for it. Um, you know, as they continue to get a hold of, of a kind of foundation um, in the community where they are and probably thinking too, is this where they want to stay? But um, thankfully, you know, knocking on doors and finding people like Craig and Krista, they probably really felt like finally there is something to attach themselves to and um, be able to kind of restore that sense of um, having something that that they can hang on to, some kind of some kind of place to belong, and um, to to hear them speak, though they they really had such such a great um, you know their um, their their posture, their their outlook was um, I, I was more positive than than I. Um, it, um, maybe expected, maybe not knowing how how the um, conversation would go, but um, you could really sense um, so much gratitude and so much, uh, obviously, but you know, such a real sense of um, of what feeling like they had been blessed um, through this whole process, and I was glad to to see that, to hear that it really uh, had a, a nice, strong, had an impact on me too. I think that's really true, Barney. And as you were talking there about how they um, have plugged in volunteering in the community, I wanted to share some pictures that they brought with them to the service on Mission Sunday. And um, a number of these pictures show uh, their volunteer work at um, MCC Connections locally, uh, not only Alex and Natalia, but also um, Alex's parents, Oleg and his wife, Katya, have volunteered at MCC and plugged in. And um, it's just, um, it, it has been a very meaningful part of their journey. I think of being part of the community that they've, they've plugged into a place where they're helping and getting to know people. And then through the connections there, also finding ways to support the community back home in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. If you look at the upper left-hand corner of of um, the screen for those watching on YouTube, you'll see Alex and Natalia holding a quilt. And mm. to the left of that picture is Kay Shu, mm. who pieced the quilt. And to mm. the right, you have uh, the other uh, person involved with the process who, who um, knitted and, and uh, um, quilt, put the quilt together. And um, there's a lot of symbolic significance of the quilt. Um, the golden part on the bottom represents the wheat, which is the, one of the main crops of Ukraine. And then um, the upper portion um, represents the blue sky. And um, you see the sunflowers in mm. the quilt, which are the national flower of the Ukraine. Mm. And of course, um, the blue and the, and the gold are the main colors you find on the Ukrainian flag. And so um, this quilt actually was um, 
created to be a support and a, a way to raise funds for the community back in Ukraine. And Natalia and Alex there are standing in the center behind the quilt. And um, it's interesting because MCC has a number of fundraisers throughout the year. And um, the one in which this quilt appeared, um, it, it it raised a lot of funds, but mm-hmm. the people, it's they weren't just bidding to own the quilt. They were actually bidding, viewing it as a way also to send support, financial support back um, to the Ukraine. So um, just to mention um, what some of the funds have been used for that Alex mm-hmm. and Natalia have been able to raise, they have mentioned here that they've been able to buy uh, solar lamps, electric generators, car starters, heating blankets, and portable wood stoves. So these are just some of the supplies that they have been able to purchase and send back to Ukraine um, through partnering organizations um, who are able to move the supplies through other neighboring countries because you can't ship directly to Ukraine at this time. You have to find other supply routes. And so they've worked with partnering organizations to get them through other neighboring countries to the communities there in Ukraine. And I just think it's important to, to, as we've reflected on how heavy and challenging and hard it is that the Mercer family has gone through this experience and that their country is going through it. It's um, helpful to hear what they had to say at the end of their talk. Because Craig and Krista asked them what they've learned through this journey and what their hopes are for the future. And and they said that they continue to grow closer together as a family and also with um, the broader community here in Ohio. And Natalia said, family is most important in our life. And then she went on to say, and I thought this was so profound. God has a plan for us. I know this because when we came here, we were very thankful for the support and understanding of people. And, um, you know, that is a very common idea that you hear God has a plan. Um, but just to hear her say that, um, and emphasize that at, after she's come through such a difficult experience to still be able to, to lean into that and say, I trust that God has a plan and he's going to walk with us as we continue to go to um, to figure out life here and and as we continue to pray and hope to help our country and those back in Ukraine to say that is a very powerful thing and so I thought it was a very hopeful um, concluding remark after um, their talk and so I just wanted to share that and I want to ask if anything jumps out to you as you've heard that yeah I, I can only echo exactly what you said that um uh, some, sometimes people might think that this phrase gets overused or, or whatnot, or used too lightly, but exactly hearing, hearing someone who went through all of this and still there's some uncertainty. I think, um, the, the number of, of photos that, that we see Alex in, um, he's doing a number of different jobs. And so it still gives you the sense that things are still a little bit up in the air. Um, and, but then as Natalie said, you know, thinking about family and how important it is and thinking about all that she went through um, and then probably seeing firsthand as she was knocking on doors and getting connected with the right people. 
um, you know, taking that real leap, not knowing, not knowing how the community, how the culture really flows, how it really works. And, um, but feeling moved and feeling motivated and, um, you know, getting out there and, and, and knocking on doors and finding the right people and to be able to, to go from where they were in a, in a, what, a renovated barn to having stable housing that thankfully is being taken care of for them as, as they're still focusing so much on supporting their neighbors and their, their community back home for them that, um, she can say with, with real faith and, and with real certainty that God definitely has a plan, even amidst all of this. And, um, it's very, very hopeful and, um, something for, for all of us that maybe those of us who aren't really so connected to really take that hope and, and to use it as motivation and courage to keep praying, um, about the situation for everyone involved yes. on both sides too. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yes. That's a good point, Barney. And I, I, I feel like they're, message and their posture was one of what you just said, trying to seek for peace and a resolution and help, um, but not in a vindictive, in a vindictive way, um, focused on the, the, the anger that could so understandably be present um, towards um, the aggression of, mm. of Russia and particularly those who have, made decisions related to the war, but they, they focused mostly their message on other things that were more positive and, and hopeful and, and seeking the end of, of the war and seeking peace and reconciliation. That was very powerful. And I also wanted to mention that there was another unique opportunity that Sunday, mm. as they were sharing, we had a guest, a musician who also came to the U S um, right. after the war started um, with his son seeking um, safety and um, a, an opportunity for his son to um, reestablish here. And so his name is Tom and here's a picture of him. And so we had our guests share um, their story. And then it, those reflections at the end that we just talked about. And then Tom stood up and he, he played an amazing um, piece of special music that was so inspiring and it, really delved into that, to that theme of healing and being authentic with who you are and, and seeking to, um, to have that, um, be fulfilled. And, and, and as, as you at times can be hurt seeking to be restored. And so to have his music after that story played, it was um, incredibly powerful. And then after the service, um, our guests stayed and their children stayed. And mm -hmm. we had this, time of fellowship um, where we were able to eat the mm -hmm. snacks from Parma mm -hmm. from the Ukrainian mm -hmm. bakery. And you see a picture here of some of those on the table and we sat around tables and shared stories and talked more and just and enjoyed each other's company. And I think one of the hopes that I have um, after hosting these guests from Ukraine is that we can keep, um, growing with them in relationship and, and continuing to check in and um, to see how they're doing and also become friends and, 
have more mm-hmm. moments like this with them where we um, share meals together, um, have more times where we can pray for for how they are doing here, but also for their family members and their communities back home and that those efforts that they're doing to raise funds and help that we can come around them and and try to help with those efforts as well. And so um, that it seems like there's real potential for that. And that's one of my hopes that we can explore that more. Um, but I want to ask, do you have any um, thoughts or questions before you close our time today? Yeah, I just um, appreciated the um, the chance that that you were able to, that the church was able to arrange for for them to come as guests um, and to speak and um, and and for um, Tom to be able to play that music and and that it could coincide for the mission the mission Sunday and um, and I'm I'm sure that that um, everyone there. In attendance was was very inspired by it and, and very moved by it and I'm sure that probably they're they're thinking of ways that they can um, take that and act on that inspiration I, I would think for sure yeah and so um, as we bring today's uh, episode to a close we would just like to um, thank you all for spending time with us today and listening to um, the story of um, the Mercer family and uh, kind of the insight that they were able to share, that we were able to share on their behalf of of what they went through and what other people um, in the area of Ukraine and around there are are going through as well and went through and are going through too. And um, we hope that um, their story, especially their concluding story of of hope and of understanding um, God's plan uh, can serve as inspiration for you as well that you will take that and go forth with that too and we are um, always happy for you to watch along with us and to listen along with us and we hope that um, as we are that you too are looking forward to our next episode and so for Barney and my co-host Jacob this is the Two World Podcast and we thank you <laughs>